it was kind of weird seeing Mayhem in his outlaw mask and jumpsuit yeah. and flying switchblade. Piranha. How many times has Rax left yeah. it in front of They've got like a warehouse full of uh, extra vehicles. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co writer, vehicle code name 6000. 80s guru skills critical. Wyatt Bloom, broadcast technician, DJ, critic, mask movie co-writer, vehicle co-name Phoenix, 80s analysis vital. Personnel approved. Assemble mobile armored strike command. Welcome back, agents, to Mask Cast in episode 74 with another review of the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series from 1985. Coming up, we will be reviewing episode 58, The Creeping Desert, which will include our play-by-play commentary mixed in with audio clips from the actual episode. When we reach the dramatic halfway point, which we do have a dramatic halfway point this time, and the conclusion of the episode, we will pause to give our impressions and our verdict using our one to five scale masco meter like i like to call it and then we will uh, turn it over to you the listener announce the results of our online poll and also read back your reviews we've got three reviews to read back tonight which get uh, posted over there at agentsofmask.com if you would like to contribute to these review podcasts it's easy just go to our website look for the mask assignment in the right hand column click the picture and then you'll be taken right to our review post it's actually usually the first one right there on the home page if we hadn't posted anything else lately uh, but you'll get the embedded video right there in the poll and uh, can uh, leave your review as well the creeping desert was originally broadcast on december 18th 1985 in the u.s and involves a corrupt landowner who hires venom to destroy land in acapulco mexico rendering worthless patches of desert. The landowner then buys the land real cheap to restore later with an advanced hydration machine. It's up to Mask to infiltrate this evil plan and stop both this landowner and Venom. I'm Jason, one of your hosts of MaskCast, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and fellow co-host, the Emperor Cruelis to my quest star. After years of peaceful existence on the distant planet Valoria, Questar and his people were forced into battle. The power of their step crystal ripped a hole in the fabric of time, sending them backward to prehistoric Earth. Unaware that at the same moment the evil Emperor Krulos was plotting to capture the step crystal with his own grotesque Rulan forces. And so, the battle continues in a new place in time with Dino Riders. Wyatt. Are you ready to harness the power? Again, you're getting really dug in there. I, I can vaguely think of Questar, but I cannot place where that's from. 
Those are the main characters, good guy and bad guy, in the short-lived cartoon and toy series, Dino Riders. Oh, jeez. I, I remember watching it, not a lot. I remember yeah. it because they, they'd have, like, the, the kind of the, the technical suits for the dinosaurs mm-hmm. that had guns or rays. Or, I That's can't right. remember. It's been so long. Yeah. I yeah, you... thought for sure you would do something like this if it comes up. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. we got to get our mask on here in a little bit. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, we'll show those off again as we get close, uh, closer to mask cast. But Dino Riders, I've never uh, watched the show. It, was, it only lasted uh, 14 episodes in 1988. The toys actually lasted longer than the actual cartoon. There was three waves of toys from 88 to 90 by Tyco, of course. Remember those commercials with the uh, the slot car tracks, right? Man, I missed that Tyco, of course. <laughs> another one, bear with me, another one came to mind today. Uh-huh. You might remember it. I don't know. I can't find the audio yet. But do you remember the old STP spots we used to listen to? Is your car, is your car hard to start? Does it suffer from a loss of power? Oh, yeah. Get new <laughs> son of a gun from STP. Drive a better car. That's right, yeah. They were doing the crazy stuff with the dude's voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember it that. It just hit me today. <laughs> of all things, I'm sitting in a conference watching a, a radio test procedure going through it. Of course, it's, it's, it's virtual death by PowerPoint. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and it, all of a sudden, they use an acronym, STP. Oh, my mind decided to shift gears and go, <laughs> why do I know STP besides the, the brand? And then the commercial started playing in my head. I'm like, oh, man, I got to write this down because. <laughs> yeah, so for you'll those forget that it later. may not follow us on Redis, um, particularly Memory Jogger, we talk about our radio days. And that's something that keys in on me. I'm on a at least a two-year tunnel vision, if you will, on radio. And, mm-hmm. and things are still churning in my head and that just happened to pop in the other day <laughs> or yesterday today so. all right back to our regular yeah, schedule yeah, program yeah, yeah. Sorry. uh no it's fine i i never got into dino riders uh i did was doing a little research on this show and man the voice cast is uh, pretty tremendous in here we've talked about jack angel before he was uh in i think one of the episodes as a particular character cam clark who was one of the ninja turtles um want to say Raphael in the original series i could be wrong uh he was several characters peter cullen of course we know as optimus prime he was several characters in the show and uh rob paulson who was one of the ninja turtles both before and after (laughs) And the main bad guy, Emperor Krulis, was Frank Welker. So you had uh, Welker and Cullen in this series together, and uh, and Dan Galvezen, who was uh, Bumblebee in Transformers, and he was uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Man and his amazing friends. So, man, some uh, great voice actors uh, in this show. So. Yeah. 
this one that uh, I think has kind of moved up our list a little bit, at least in my mind, uh, going through the the voice cast on uh, our show Rediscovered that right. we uh, cover 14 episodes. That wouldn't be bad to get through. No. And uh, yeah, everybody loves dinosaurs. So it'd be fun to go back and circle back. This was interesting. This uh, toy line actually had mini comics like Mask did. Came with each of them and uh, also did a three-part miniseries of comics through Marvel. I've seen them actually in the, the cheap bins and have not picked those up. Uh, I, I like to, in my comic book collecting, uh, those little short runs like that that I can collect them all and just read like one story arc. Uh, I like to co- go back and collect those, the obscure ones, more than just... Uh, Runs of Batman or Spider-Man or whatever. And then there was uh, actually rumor about five years ago in 2015 that Mattel, who uh, now owns the property, was going to develop a live-action movie. But uh, since then, there has been no indication that they're moving forward with that. So... It'd be interesting. I don't know. It, like I said, the toys lasted longer than the actual show. And, it, you know, you get kids hooked to dinosaurs. And, of course, Jurassic Park is still huge. Jurassic World, another one of those coming around, uh, I think, next year. I don't know if they hadn't delayed it. But, <laughs> um, you know, everybody loves dinosaurs. So that would be um, that would make for, I think, an interesting uh, resurgence. From the right, 80s. Right. I watched it a few times, but not mostly in passing. It was not one of my top five or, or yeah. top, probably not even a top 10 list. But I do remember it. Someone we knew had it, had one of the toys. It, mm-hmm. it was probably our mutual friend, but um, mm-hmm. I've been trying, you know, sitting here thinking about it. I, I can't place anybody right now, but the, the toys and the commercials immediately or I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember those, but I can't remember any specifics around who had them or if I had ever really interacted with them, uh, back in the day when they were first released. So, but that's, uh, we'll put a cap on uh, dino riders here and uh, we'll move on to get your mask on, get your mask on. And, uh, as you alluded to, we can lead off with this, uh, our uh, our friend Carol Wack, who is uh, doing the fan comics, Mask 85, 86, put a little uh, note out there, this is several weeks ago now, that, uh, hey, you want to become a Mask agent? I'll do you up some commissions. And uh, he's been doing these for, I've seen a lot of people go by, uh, fans that have uh, taken advantage of his wonderful artwork. And... Uh, I did this kind of without Wyatt's knowledge. <laughs> Not even kind. It was completely. I got something yeah. for you, dude. This was uh, this was fun. Uh, I basically gave Mister Wack all of the specs for each character, and we'll start with you there on the left, Wyatt. I said, uh, of course, he's a Dukes of Hazard fan, so let's do a General Lee scheme on his uh, suit. So you got the orange and you got the red, white, and blue kind of striping there. And then, of course, Wyatt and his wonderful uh, AM radio board that he has, the Ampro. So we got to incorporate something like that into the suit. 
And I think I'm, try, I'm trying to see here because I've got the screen uh, minimized, but I think that's what I called your mask was the Ampro. Yep, yep. you called and it Ampro. You've got the little uh, UV meter on the mask VU, itself, VU, or VU yeah. meter, I'm sorry. And then he went for the like board on your arm like uh, Alex had. Yeah. I, I didn't even give that to him, and he just went with that. <laughs> I gave him a picture of, hey, this is what his little board looks like, and I want the VU meter up there. But he uh, added that to your wrist, and I didn't even know that until I saw the picture. I was like, oh, man, yes. So I kind of went through the whole thing here. The only thing it didn't incorporate was, like you were saying before, maybe something with Knight Rider, but I thought that orange would be great for a suit as it's, the general it's awesome is exactly what it is i <laughs> i was super impressed and what what i was more impressed is i, I didn't even pick out i should have thought of this when he said i looked at the suit and i just didn't think anything of the suit i was more impressed about the ampro board <laughs> being like right there mm-hmm. um, yeah i was captivated because it is fairly close to my ampro honestly obviously <laughs> it's an artist rendition but it's it's so close i'm like dude yeah. this is <laughs> pretty pretty sweet yeah so yeah so um, yeah i think uh, i'm trying to remember what all i've wrote there for your uh well we can read off the your bio so the bio well code name wonder that came out of uh our, my our our boss bobby day when I first met him, actually, it was probably a few weeks in, he started coming in and going, hey, it's Wonder Wyatt. I'm like, <laughs> I never really, I don't want to get opinionated here on our show, but I just didn't like it because I thought of it as a different, I took it as another meaning, not mm-hmm. as a superhero character by any means. <laughs> um, and we'll leave it off the opinion chart there. So I just never liked it. I have used it often on, on other entities, but not it was just something that didn't stick. At least in my mind, it didn't stick. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the bio is Agent Bloom's mask, Ampro, has become a favorite among the mask team, not only because its ability to tap into audio frequencies within 10 miles makes it considerably easier to anticipate Venom's next move, but because in a pinch, it can send out an emergency transmission. So even if mask doesn't get the jump on Venom, they know help will soon be on the way. So yeah. that that is just <laughs> uh, awesome bio. And then Jason has kind of a Rax look. <laughs> yeah, I went for the Venom character, and I basically gave him a, <laughs> a picture of an old boombox that was... Uh, like the the black one with any on the side of the mask where my ears are are the speakers actually for the boombox, and uh, I said here just work with this and he came up with this wonderful, it's like a black suit with silver trim and those red blue and yellow uh, colors mixed in just made it great. Uh, I was trying to find a good picture of of us to uh, for him to do the head sculpt and. That worked out. I said, if I'm going to be Venom, and you know, I got kind of the goatee here, so I'll wear. I'll find a picture with me wearing sunglasses, and then I can get the Rax vibe. And then, uh, yeah, I wanted a little antenna, you know, like a telescoping antenna to come up out of the back of the 
helmet like uh like a boom box and he just knocked this one out of the park and i'll let you read the bio there for me okay so his code name is retro it's very fitting <laughs> with his mask the ghetto blaster obviously his vehicle's frontier the bio says agent gross has proven to be a real headache for the mass team and that's no metaphor his mask ghetto blaster shoots deafening audio waves which leaves tracker's team discombobulated if retro is on the scene you can bet that venom most likely has the upper hand <laughs> so that was that was just yeah, awesome that worked out good so i do uh i have some printed out and the next time we ended up meeting each other you're gonna get a print of yours to frame i've got <laughs> i've got mine framed here uh, it's the first thing i did once i got those back and I had the girl at work print them off. I was like, yeah, I got to get a frame. And so now I'm an official, well, Venom agent, (laughs) (laughs) which is great. Appreciate that, Mr. Wack. And I did want to pass along that um, we are working together, uh, hopefully in the near future, as you're listening to this, we're going to make available Mask 86 in print form. I'm going to actually print them at my office. Uh, you know, we're no uh, huge industrial printer for comics by any means. So I'm trying to make them affordable as possible. But we're just going to be for a limited time. We're not going to keep them out there because it's just going to be me taking the orders. Right. And uh, we'll try to do our best to accommodate our fans overseas. Um, but for the the time being, the, the first... Um, way you'll get to order that will be through the website and I'll have a link up there. There's your board. Yeah. And uh, that's what I was looking for. This is pretty close to what Jason and I worked at. I -hmm. think our model was the eight channel, not this 10 channel. Okay. Uh, You can't, you can't see it. So you got the upgrade. (laughs) I do. I I, I didn't want to interrupt Jason much, but I just wanted to show, and he says it's little. You can see how big this board actually oh, yeah. is compared to my son who's eight and this is a um five foot i think table and it's like 45 inches you know wide yeah so yeah it's so it's a beast it is and i still have <laughs> yet to even power it on so i'm i'm praying whenever i do my beta test or actually i call it my alpha test i'm praying no sparks fly <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll keep our fingers crossed but uh yeah, I just did want to pass that along, and we'll have more uh, information coming once I get all that set up, and we'll be blasting out the social media when you can go out and get those comic books, because I know a lot of people, uh, he's already been showing them off, and I sent you some as well. You did get those, right? right. You never got them? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I had to remember okay. what I got. <laughs> those, uh, uh, I haven't those... opened the package. I got it, and I've been so busy, I haven't. Okay, it's, all right. It's right here. I just it's... wanted to make sure you got it, but... Um, yeah, he's uh, he's been showing them off to some of his friends, and I've seen people. Hey, I wanted my hands on a set of those comics, and we'll make them we available. Com- but I still think we need to commission him for our movie, just to turn it into comics or something. Yeah, well, I did a little commission project <laughs> for him for uh, another thing I'm doing, but um, yeah, I, I, his work is so great; it's uh, just perfect for the style and the just his. Uh, uh, drawing of the characters too. I mean, I, I think it fits perfectly. So yeah. 
Mask 86, be able to get some physical copies soon. So stay tuned to that. One more piece of, uh, of news I wanted to pass along in uh, Get Your Mask On was in the since the last time we recorded, Mr. John Cena, the professional wrestler, the um, star in uh, Bumblebee or one of the stars in the Bumblebee movie who played Agent Burns. He's also been in... Uh, I think he's in the new Fast and Furious. He uh, posted a mask logo on Instagram. And many people thought uh, this might be a little, uh, you know, inside message or something that um, maybe he's hinting at. He's negotiating to be in the, the mask movie. Maybe we'll finally get some more announcements around that. Again, my hopes are low. <laughs> My hopes are high. My anticipation is low that uh, this might actually work out. And but I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting that uh, a lot of people, you know, were speculating when he signed on for Bumblebee and he was Burns. You know, there was the Agent Calhoun Burns in Mask and wondered if that was him and if they were going to try to cross it over. Well, I guess it might be possible now, but. We shall see. I thought that was uh, an interesting little tidbit there. So that's all I have. Anything else for you to pass along to everybody? Oh, I got to show you guys something. Yeah. Check out what I picked up at Walmart yesterday. Oh, yeah. He-Man and Skeletor back on the show. It's not not showing very well. Maybe push in a little bit closer to the camera. Not that close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I got the background going. Maybe I can kill the background for a minute here and uh, and show you guys. Skype has a modified green screen. The problem is it doesn't quite get what is foreground and what is background. <laughs> so. All right, I'm getting over to my settings here to so I can show you. But yeah, so I I knew it was coming and. You know, the, it seems like we're getting a lot of uh, reproductions lately of some of our favorite toys. And I always say to myself, I'm going to see it, but, you know, I'm not going to get it just based on the fact of uh, these things cost a lot more than they did back in the day. But yeah. once I saw He-Man hey. Skeletor here, I had to buy them. I mean, yeah. they're, they're glorious. I have a few of the uh, you know original collection. Don't have He-Man and Skeletor, but um, the accessories are great. He-Man actually has check this out. He's actually got a slot in the back to hold his sword for for once. <laughs> well, that's ingenious to think about, right? <laughs> you know, he always had that in the cartoon. Never had that. You know, we would try to fit it in the back. You know, like Skeletor here. You know, has his. Uh, armor but they actually did that and another thing that they did too i was trying to remember back in the day if they did this or not i wasn't a i had you know some master universe toys but so they each came with the sword and remember in the comics when you joined them together it became the power sword well they've got a way to snap them together in the new toys to make one sword with the silver and the purple swords you get with both characters together. So I thought that was pretty neat that you could do that. And, uh, 
you know, based on the more based on the comics than it was in the actual cartoon. But pretty neat. I, I'm not in love with the the heads, <laughs> the sculpts. He Man's got uh, really blonde hair, and Skeletor looks like he's hungry. He's got his mouth <laughs> hanging open. <laughs> but the just the articulation on these are incredible. Because you know, back in the day, you could basically move an arm, and mm-hmm. the legs—the legs went in and almost like in a twisting motion. They weren't really poseable at all. But gosh, you've got wrist and elbow, shoulder, knee, ankle, feet. I mean, then you know the hip twist. The head can move all around. You know, the heads didn't move back in the day. They would pop off once in a while, but. <laughs> And they come with a mini comic. That's what sold me too. I was like, "Oh no way!" They're actually putting the mini comics like they did back in the day too. So, you know, it's uh, it's just one of those things. I probably when um, GI Joe comes rolling around, which that's supposed to come out, I think in October this year with their retro line, I'm going to be in trouble again. <laughs> There's so many, uh, so many things that Hasbro's doing. I'm just waiting for them to give us some mask toys. Let's redo those. Come on. They're redoing everything else. Well, Master Universe isn't uh, Hasbro. That's Mattel. But anyway, I thought I'd share those while we were on the line. But are you ready to uh, head to Mexico? I'm ready to start the mask cast. We quickly fade up to a blustery scene at the Tracker Mansion. Then we zoom in on Scott and T-Bob, where Scott is hoping that his snowmobile mod on T-Bob will get him an allowance. It's actually more of a snowblower, but initially I thought it was a snowmobile (laughs) when I was looking at it at first. A shivering T-Bob, right? There's another emotion, I guess, humanoid thing, stammers to reply that how how could it work in this cold? Scott pulls the pull start, which is kind of funny to see a pull start on <laughs> yeah. T-Bob. Yeah. Yeah! Okay! Let's get moving, T-Bob! I you sit around! Inside, we see that Gloria has invited Matt to someplace warm by the pictures that she sent. It's a beach, at least. I can't make out much else. Mm-hmm. However, Matt has promised Scott he'd go skiing. Forget it. Something weird's going on here. Yesterday, everything was perfect. But today, Matt, it's like vacationing in Saudi Arabia. What's happening? Could you be a little more specific? Here she states that everything has dried up to sand. T-Bob pipes up. I thought this... Uh, uh, get to it but it sounds like he they spliced it bad or they timed it bad oh really i didn't know for me anyway it, it might be something else but it just sounded like a bad splice anyway he pipes up saudi arabia he thought he was going or she was in acapulco so no wonder she's upset she's on the wrong vacation i thought Matt that was good sound, i'm sorry i thought that was a good joke i thought it was, it was decent hang on to the photos gloria i'll contact you from the transport later dad you're going to check it out, aren't you? I think so. <laughs> Please let us come. Which is odd. T-Bob usually doesn't 
That's right. Yeah. So as well as Scott saying he'd do anything for some heat. Well, Matt <laughs> sighs, saying that he supposes the desert is no real danger. Of course, yeah, Scott right. yells, yay, with Matt insisting he get his chores done first. Then we see T-Bob dripping wet. Then they both, again, shout, yay. And this is where <laughs> we pan right down the hall to Matt's uh, computer room with Matt well, asking for the call. Well, you missed a hilarious part, to me at Did least. I? Right here when, uh, <laughs> so they're, you know, excited to go to on this trip. And T-Bob starts leaking water, you know, from having all the snow, snow blowing. And he looks down and he looks like he's embarrassed, like he just kind of pissed himself. <laughs> right. And I guess they, I didn't see really pay much attention to that. And then he just kind of shrugs it off and gives Matt uh, a thumbs up, you know. And I, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. I mean, like you said, they always give him the human characteristics, but making him, you know, kind of embarrassed that he's dripping water, uh, you know, right. like he <laughs> wet himself was I guess I just pretty funny to me. Didn't notice it or didn't take a big thing of it. <laughs> It was a pretty good intro. Like, uh, there's a fun, well, there's some uh, great shots throughout, but the uh, fireplace shot was great. I think we've actually seen something like that before where you're almost inside the fireplace looking out and as Matt's on the phone, you know, or before he's on the phone, I think it was. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was a fun, and we're getting, you know, right into, uh, the call up here. I mean, it was really quick this episode. Yes, it was. So, uh, yeah, later on in Matt's uh, joining office there, he asks the computer for the best agents for the mission. No real input here like he's done before, but the computer selects Jacques Lefleur and uh, Volcano Van, specializing in natural disasters. Uh, Jacques is whittling a horse from some wood. And he gets the watch beep, which was the correct sound this time, right? And yeah, he accidentally right uh, again. <laughs> he accidentally chops off the tail of his little horse he was carving with his knife. And he kind of shrugs it off. Then we get uh, Alex Sector, the computer and communications expert with uh, Rhino, of course, and his expertise in botany and zoology is essential to the mission. Alex is uh, teaching his Boy Scout clan how to uh, flag signals, and he looks down at his watch, and of course the all the troops that are mimicking him also do the watch motion as one boy asks another if there was a signal like that that uh, they just did, you know, with the watch. Uh, so that was uh, that was fun, and then we get uh, Gloria Baker pre-selected. Of course, she's already there in Acapulco. Matt tells the computer to assemble, and we cut right to Boulder Hill. So we get the Boulder Hill. We get this uh, conference table, or I don't know, war table. What do we? What have you been calling it? Um, I think I just remember. been calling it the Situation Room because that's where yeah. we really do the briefs, just like my image it's back just here, just like behind you. Yes. Alex says to Jacques that he's always considered Acapulco as a vacationist's Eden. Uh, Jacques agrees that it's strange and there's no reason it should start drying up. Matt thinks maybe nature is getting some unnatural help. And he turns his head to Alex and says it's time for Matt to get going. 
and we get the uh, table rising up. This was real quick. The table rises up. You get the charging of the masks, and then a quick cut to Scott and T-Bob now outside where uh, T-Bob is vacuuming up the snow, I guess, from their chores uh, around the Boulder Hill front entrance. this place too take it easy t-bob we're going to have fun for two weeks under the sunshine in alcapulco all finished t-bob just as scott removed the dustpan from t-bob we cut over to the garage where the vehicles are prepping to depart matt pulls up and comments on a job well done uh, then he says let's get going t-bob coughs and says that the job may be well done but he's feeling medium rare that was a little chuckle it's got a puff of smoke there, yeah. Yeah. Now we're in the transport plane, so obviously the, the plane's housed elsewhere, local airport, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. I've uh, always wondered that, like where they, if it was uh, well, nearby Motor Hill, I guess it would have to be somewhere, but. I would have to be. I it called the airwolf in me, but I'm wondering if it's like one of these bigger boulders, since it's in Boulder Hill. I'm wondering if there's like a awesome. bigger boulder hangar looking thing that it leaves from Mm -hmm. just a guess but now we're in the transport plane we pan across the gang with t-bob now drying scott's hair with his with him complaining that it's burning him up alex turns to tell the duo when approaching acapulco should be in view any minute like the desert's creeping in over the entire resort. As they continue to observe while airborne, Alex comments that the northern part looks like he thought while uh, the southern portion is egads. Then Jock suggests that Mother Nature took a lunch break while Matt hopes that Gloria has discovered something by now. And here we cut to a kind of a panning shot of the ruins of the buildings. Mm-hmm. And the... Uh... Transport plane hovers down with Gloria and her sunglasses looking on. The bay doors open, the vehicles drive out, and Matt pulls up next to her and hops out. Gloria tells him, Welcome to paradise. At least it was yesterday. It's gotten worse here since this morning. Oh, yeah? You were in a snowstorm this morning. I think you should see the photos. So we cut back to the hotel with everyone now kind of mass exiting the building. Gloria shows Matt the pictures, and Matt says it's rapidly drying up and moving up the coastline. Sacre bleu! I cannot believe Mother Nature would do such a terrible thing. At this point, I was like, okay, can we get him some other dialogue other than Mother Nature? I mean, all right, we get it. (laughs) Give him something more uh, impactful to say. Uh, Alex seems to notice something in one of the pictures, perhaps the origin of this whole thing. And Matt recognizes the spot from when they flew over in the transport plane and they mount up the vehicles to investigate. As they uh, transcend over some mounds in the vehicles, Matt sees something shiny in the distance and he signals out the window with his hand for Rhino and Volcano to stop behind him. I was like, okay, why don't you just, uh, you know, get your mask on and talk to him that way? Uh, yeah. <laughs> giving them hand signals, but. Anyway, now we get Spectrum lowering, and he gives a simple Spectrum on command. Spectrum on. Venom. Who invited them? Guy 
guy riding with Rax, whoever he is. Whatever that device might be what's behind this creeping desert business. And he sees Gory with some binoculars looking kind of right back at him. And Gory quickly yells to Mayhem. Mayhem! Mask! Oh no, they spotted us! Right. So now we get uh, Venom kind of scurrying. Right, the gentleman, which we don't know his name at the moment, but the gentleman says his job is half done with Miles replying, don't worry, as he instructs Rax to get the dehydrator, is what we're calling it. Mm-hmm. Then he command, yeah, commands Gory to run interference. Miles and Nash get into their vehicles with the masks being put on. Then we cut to Mask with Rhino in the foreground and lowering the gun stacks. Kind of a cool and I'll call it an interesting sound. I don't know if I liked it yet, but it was still a different sound. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've used that before, that sound effect, I mean. Uh, Volcano transforms as well as Thunderhawk, which is obviously a reuse, but it was a good animation for Thunderhawk. Yeah, yeah, it was a rehash. Yeah. We see Venom come over the rise, then back to inside Thunderhawk with Matt saying, hang on. So T-Bob replied, do they have a choice? <laughs> Very clever shot is made with a kind of grappling hook just after Outlaw transforms. Volcano pops into a ski mode with bowling pin-like items lodging into Rhino's grill. A quick steer with Rhino sends Outlaw into a, a spin. Mm-hmm. Back at the dehydrator. Hurry up, Rock! They're coming! Instead of complaining, help me out! <laughs> Switchblade launches a missile at Thunderhawk, but Matt is able to dodge and help guide it into the ground near the dehydrator, which sends both it and Rax flying, but landing on the piranha bike instead of off of it. Conveniently, yep. <laughs> uh, usually the other way around. That's right. Volcano's turret laser is going to town on Outlaw, but it gets a good shot and sends Volcano spitting off a cliff and stopping just shy of another. Jacques seems to faint or take a, at least a breath here, but mm-hmm. then the van begins to slide and we see the large cliff Overlooking a river, perhaps an ocean, I kind of speculated there, says he comments, he doesn't like the look of this. We now see Outlaw speeding towards him with Nash laughing. (laughs) And that leads us to our dramatic commercial break. I was trying to remember that uh, harpoon gun from Outlaw. This might be the first time we've seen this in the cartoon. I think it is. I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, I had not remembered uh, seeing that before, but it was uh, nice, you know, that they used that. <laughs> Basically, a short Torico commercial there, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, it was. was it was kind of weird seeing Mayhem in his outlaw getup, his mask and jumpsuit, yeah. and flying switchblade. Uh, I, I could not understand that why they why they would even do that, except that they needed to push. The mask or another character yeah so i mean obviously outlaw was on scene and then later in the show he actually is riding in it and hops out with uh the other man uh at that one point but it was just weird that they paired that up together i don't know mm-hmm. if that's happened before but uh i was pretty much happy with the first half I actually I could say I loved the first half of the episode. I had a, my mascomir did not move an inch. I'm still at five. Yeah. Wow. Um, of all people. Of all people. <laughs> yeah. 
it could be just coming off those last couple episodes like I was hinting at, but yeah, had the traditional call up. Um, yeah, Matt didn't give his you know normal input that we've been used to at least in the last probably dozen or so episodes. But you know, we get the war room scene, we get the uh, abbreviated mask charging scene, which is still nice to see every once in a while. You know, we don't get it each episode, but it's nice to have that come up. Um, some really nice setup shots. Like I mentioned, the fireplace, the uh, transport plane in the clouds was very great. Uh, and just the landscape of the desert uh, around the hotel, uh, just some really good setup shots. I thought it was odd to see that Scott and T-Bob were in Thunderhawk kind of in the heat of battle. You know, usually Matt dumps them somewhere and then gets, you know, into the battle, but here you got them crammed in, like as you can see behind me. Yep, there now with Gloria and Matt in the in the Thunderhawk, and they're taking on you know laser fire from Switchblade. It, it is added. A, it is a Camaro. They gotta at least have some re- reality that it is technically a sports car, not your everyday go to church you know four doors. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But I don't know. It just added an element of danger there that. I don't think we're used to, you know, as they're battling it out. I, I, you know, Scott and T-Bob were doing their thing, but I didn't think they were too intrusive in the story. And they were, you know, very quick to get into and call up the agents and everything. So it wasn't like you had this big, long story of them shoveling the driveway or snow blowing the driveway and, and all that. It was just, boom, they're here. Yes, we want to get out of here and get into someplace warm and they're on their way. So... Uh, I think they were used pretty well in the first half. There wasn't much of, uh, well, there, yeah, I mean, there wasn't really much of a mystery left to solve. You know, a lot of these episodes we'll get into it and there'll still be some kind of unanswered questions. We don't know who this guy is at this point and where they're going next or why he's involved yet. But, you know, we know Venom's on the scene and, and kind of the, the gist of it, they have something, uh, well, this, machine that they stumbled onto, you know, as they had this battle in the first half, which is rare to see, you know, a battle this early too, you know, right. This is, I guess kind of why I was really in love with the first half of the episode was we're getting the battle and you're getting a lot of action that we usually have to build up and build up and build up. And then hopefully it pays off at the end. So it was uh, just kind of rare to have that battle in there, but it was great. And it was, you know, Venom being involved with the drama too. You know, how many times over the last, I don't know, 10 episodes was the drama kind of self-inflicted. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so th- this is a real dilemma here where you've got Volcano almost falling off the edge of the cliff. And now you got Outlaw barreling towards him to shove him off the cliff. I mean... Can't uh, can't get much better drama than that at the at the break. So the only thing I left to say, I just at this point was hoping they haven't used up all the good stuff in the first half. That they were still, you know, the episode was going to continue on and uh, and live up to what I was at a really high point, you know, in the first half. So what did you think about the first half? Well, I was loving the animation. I enjoyed that they finally brought back the correct watch alarm they included the situation room it's all, like you said it's always a plus a very good storyline 
It had a lot of good suspense, a lot of battle, like you already commented. It was it was very high paced action, kept you at least engaged on the show. You're not like, mm-hmm. oh, geez, I gotta watch t- ten more minutes of this, or whatever. We get a little bit more airtime with the transport plane, not a lot, but a lot more than just the passing shot, like we. Oh used yeah, to see. inside the cockpit and everything, that was great to. Uh, and you saw Alex flying. I think he was the one that was flying the plane. Yep. So. Yeah, any little detail like that is great uh, around the transport plane. Exactly. I commented that the duo are fairly reeled in. They're not obnoxious, and they're not rolling our eyes every two seconds. They were actually pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of like the snow blower mod on T-Bob, actually. <laughs> yeah, I've, at one point, I think it was uh, when he had like the... I, I assume it was like a filtration system that he emptied. I'm like, wow, he's really... <laughs> Really yeah. thought this through, you know. <laughs> That's it. Like you said, the, the the suspense of the the cliffhanger, literally, with Outlaw just barreling at him. I mean, that was just awesome. I actually marked it down a slight bit. Mm-hmm. I marked it down to a 4.5 for, for two reasons. I wasn't quite thrilled about the hill animation that they did because it, it looked too cheap just to go up and down. Yeah, and they moved yeah. closer up and down. To me, that was a little cheesy. They were probably trying a new angle and trying to make it look more than what it was. Uh, and again, I'm looking through adult eyes, so maybe I'm thinking too hard on it. But it just looked too—you had a better animation elsewhere. Why'd you have to cheat in it right here? Um, I did notice that, and I—I I really didn't. It didn't bother me to the fact that I was marking it down it was more of a tick thing that they're trying to show them going up the hills and stuff and there's some other points in the second half here where they were using some newer animation with thunderhawk pulling up and getting out that sometimes they just don't get the angles right and sometimes like this it seems like they're just uh (laughs) cheating almost like you said yeah that's what it looked like to me the other kind of markdown i did was it was you know spectrum comes down but there's no mask command and there's no spectrum on. So I was, again, there was a spectrum on at least that's there? what I, I must have missed it. I'm pretty sure there was. Cause I had it written down. Okay. There just okay. wasn't anything specific about spectrum. It was just spectrum on. And he Maybe was using that. Uh, there was no true like command to see like, in the distance. Yeah. Spectrum something. Yeah. Uh, it's the all powerful mask anyway. It is. So yeah. It knows what Matt wants it to do, but <laughs> seriously, I mean, I still marked it down a little bit, not a huge bit. I'm this is like you; it's far and away a better episode than we've had for at least two or three rounds. So mm. it's pretty good, and that yeah. brings us out of the rating and out to Outlaw. That's right. Gory is still barreling towards Volcano and Outlaw. Jacques guns it, uh, guns the engine there, but he's still stuck on the cliffside there. I guess saddlebagged or something. Just can't get that thing out of the way. And just before the collision happens, Rhino appears using the stack gun to shoot out a tire on Outlaw, which causes uh, Gory to swerve and go over the cliff into the river. Rhino then pulls alongside Volcano and Alex rolls the passenger window down and gives Jacques a quick thumbs up there. 
and now we see Switchblade overhead and drops a rope down to Gory, who says, this is no way to see Acapulco. And after pulling him out, this was ridiculous. I, I don't think we've ever seen this before, but... So he pulls him out with the you know the little rope that drops down from Switchblade and converts to jet mode and flies off with Gory in tow. I mean, I wow. would think instant whiplash or you know smacking the bottom yeah. of Switchblade or something. <laughs> he would have been in the ride of his life there. Uh, but anyway, we now see uh, Thunderhawk pulling up alongside the two mass vehicles, and we cut back to the hotel now. This hotel is now lush and greenery around it and appears that everyone at the other hotel is now trying to check back in. And Matt says this hotel should be safer with Venom around. I was going to say, if he can book a room, (laughs) he might have his uh, wallet open there to uh, get the presidential suite or something. (laughs) Make sure he's, uh, he's got a room there. But Matt says the machines affect... Uh, seem to have stopped here while Scott asked him... Why do you think Venom's doing it, Dad? Scott, that's exactly what Mask's going to find out. Oh, I wish Venom would find the way out and just keep going. little roll my eyes there, but uh, still was not irritated with T-Bob yeah. uh, in this episode. And then we get this awesome, like, uh, focus to blurry shot of the hotel... Which takes us to Venom in the forests above the hotel. Right. And we see Outlaw and Prana pull up. And quickly... Wait, what? Outlaw pulled up? How'd that happen? Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was just in the river, right? I know. I, I, that's the thing I, I, I find hilarious. You know, we, we've blown up a switchblade how many times? Or we've yeah. left it. We've left it somewhere. But they that's always right. come back for it. Same with... Uh, uh, Got a spare. Well, the piranha. How many times has Rax left yeah. it running? They've got like a warehouse full of uh, extra vehicles, you know, just yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, that was a big. Uh, come on. You, know, you just put it in the river and now it just pulls up. Show us how you got it out or yeah, whatever. You know. played pulling it out of the drink, you know. I mean, yeah, something like that. Anyway. Uh, Venom likes the location and instructs Rax to set it up. As we see the machine dry up the area. Miles turns to the guy and states that In six hours, everything we promised you will be done. That is, assuming those masked people don't interfere again. That's your problem, Sanchez. I delivered on my part. I'm not selling you protection. And I'm not paying for a job half done. Miles shouts, enough! And (laughs) adds that the machine works with the rehydrator back at his place. Just quickly, uh, I thought it was fun that they're just like nose to nose, that this Sanchez guy is not backing down from mayhem in the least. And you don't see a lot of people doing that, you know. No, they usually run or like like the think the last episode, the guy's like, or nothing. And he runs right. off. Okay. That's right. So if he, Sanchez, wants it, Miles instructs him to pay him now. Sanchez remarks that he's a, in a big hurry and wonders if there's more. Miles looks over at Rax, with Rax joking that they'll loan Nash and his muscles. That's if he can find them. <laughs> Nash plops his mask on to, yeah, onto Rax and asks if he's tough enough to take on Powerhouse. Hot shot. <laughs> Miles growls if you want to play fine. Do it later. He's collecting what's due him first. We cut back to Mask with Thunderhawk pulling up to the rest of the team. 
tells them he left the duo at the Arms Hotel. Then Alex comments, You'd think they were giving away money in there. Or vacation rebates. Right, Gloria, but not for long. Now it seems the desert is moving this way from the north. More hotels are closing, sand everywhere. Alex comments that in a few hours, I don't know how he figures it's going to be in a few hours, but anyway, he says the reptile will be abundant with Matt replying that it's the snakes in Venom he's worried about. Mm-hmm. Now we cut to the inside of the Rhino Command Center. Yeah, it was nice to be back inside here again. And Alex shows a map of the entire resort area. And analysis shows if the desert continues to approach, Acapulco will likely be the Sahara Desert in three hours. And Matt notices that according to the calculations, the entire resort will not be affected. These are some fun shots here of Alex kind of reflecting and the computer working on the screen. You know, I did like this, uh, how they uh, animated that. Uh, Alex agrees it'll be short about 2,000 feet. And Matt tells Alex to check out what won't be touched. And he says it's the Arms Hotel where Scott and T-Bob are now. So Matt asks about the owner. And when his picture is brought up on the screen there on the Rhino computer, Jacques, of course, recognizes him from earlier. According to my data, old chap, his name is Jose Sanchez. And I bet Jose plans to be the richest hotel owner in Acapulco once he buys up the rest of the worthless properties. I don't get it, Matt. How could he make money with a sand dune? If Miles can sell Sanchez a machine that can make a desert... Ah, then he can just as easily create another to change it back, n'est-ce pas? In any case, as long as Scott is at the Acapulco Arms, he could be in danger. Alex and Jacques, get rid of that machine. Gloria, let's get back to the Acapulco Arms. Thunderhawk converts, takes off while the other two vehicles drive ahead forward. And we get back to the Arms Hotel. Scott and T-Bob are headed to the pool. T-Bob wishes Scott would remove his intakes from his feet that his arches are killing him. (laughs) Uh, Scott tells him it's okay that he looks better now that he's taller. Scott kind of stops shorts, though, and T-Bob runs into the back of him as he sees Switchblade land nearby. And Scott recognizes mayhem. What's he doing here? Uh, I don't want to know. Let's go. T-Bob, we can help Dad. Come on. And he turns T-Bob around to use his radio, and he tells Matt that mayhem has landed near him, and Matt tells him that he's on the way and tells him to stay undercover. Scott tells him, you bet, over and out. And he says to T-Bob, they can hide in the trees. Well, T-Bob doesn't think that's what Matt meant by staying (laughs) undercover there. But uh, he's dragged by Scott anyway (laughs) to to the area. And then we cut to Mayhem with Sanchez telling him he'll get his money as soon as he gets the rehydrator machine. Mayhem assures him in six months it will all grow back just like it was. And we get this wonderful laugh by Sanchez. (laughs) Better than it was. I will own all of it. He was almost kind of stealing Mayhem's thunder here. But Mayhem says, uh, you get the money. Uh, I was like, well, 
I thought he had it. He's holding the briefcase. What else yeah, could be right. the briefcase? And he says he'll get the machine, and then they'll meet at Switchblade. But uh, Scott wants to stop this whole transaction from going down. And then we cut over to Rhino and Volcano now. Right, with Alex stating it should be around them, with Jacques spotting it to the right. We cut back to Miles and Sanchez, with Miles saying, just like we agreed, one rehydrator, Sanchez hands Miles the suitcase with the duo peeking out from a bush. T-Bob worriedly asks, do we have to get it with Scott saying it will make his dad happy? <laughs> T-Bob sticks out his intake legs with Scott saying, Now! Run, T-Bob! Hey, wait! I think it's pretty impressive that you know, his snowblower is now like a super vac. Yeah, that's a powerful suction for sure. Yeah. <laughs> they can pull that big heavy machinery towards him. So as they're running, T-Bob says that he should have fixed his legs. They don't work properly. Well, Scott I thought just T-Bob said, like jumped on the machine and was riding the machine almost at first. But yeah, apparently like that, that wasn't the case that he was actually running like behind it. Right. So Scott just says, come on, T-Bob, like you always. Just then, he trips and snaps one of his intake feet. Scott picks him up as Miles chuckles. The duo brace themselves. Then they hear the jet engines of Thunderhawk while Miles is looking up as well. The duo breathe a sigh of relief. But Miles and Sanchez run off with Sanchez grabbing the rehydrator. Alex, Shock, where are you? Right behind you. We gave the creeping desert machine a permanent bar. <laughs> I don't think we'll be able to come to your aid. All right, I'll try something here. Which is kind of funny. I know several times he's gotten into a firefight or something. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, his mass buddies will come come where they like intuitively know that he's in trouble. Like, That's right. Um, like Bruce is always like right there. That's right. But anyway, Matt replies that he'll try something here. So Switchblade takes off with Sanchez falling on the ground in a jeep. Then Scott tells T-Bob, now, again, <laughs> while bopping him on the head. It's like the trigger point. Bop. <laughs> he sprays sand onto the Jeep, breaking the windshield, then causing him to steer out of con- control and into a concrete wall. Breaking the wheels off of that Jeep. That's a pretty impressive smash. <laughs> Scott yeah. is elated and says he's doing it as he jumps onto T-Bob, knocking him backwards. The sand is still spewing, which is now raining sand on them. And T-Bob quips that it's a regular sandblast. Ha ha. Yeah. Then we move on to (sighs) Piranha. That's right. Uh, Rax is taking heavy fire from Rhino. He decides to take it head on, (laughs) which is crazy, with his stiletto mask. This was not a good decision. Stiletto fire! (laughs) Rhino, of course, bumps... Piranha with the battering ram grill and Rax goes flying lands actually in the passenger seat of outlaw. He's, right. he's been landing in some good places at least this time. And Gory leans over and says he didn't give him permission to get on. They're uh, chasing volcano and jock uses his mirage mask to make volcano invisible with Gory asking where they went and they just drive off the cliff again in front of him into the river 
and kind of bob up to the surface, him and Rax. We now see Switchblade attacking Thunderhawk with Mayhem and his evil laugh. (laughs) Matt says they can't get any closer to him, but Glory says, leave it to me. And she uses the Aura Mask to redirect Switchblade into a palm tree on the ground. The briefcase of money breaks through the Switchblade windshield, and it starts floating to the ground. About that time, the palm tree slingshot Switchblade backwards, now landing in the river right beside Rax and Gory, mm-hmm. which was dangerously close. <laughs> it yeah. could have landed like right on top of them. Rax uh, wants a lift. Hey, Mayhem, let us on! Can't you tell? It doesn't move! Start pushing! So we then see Switchblade uh, apparently able to float in the water being pushed from behind by Gory and Rax. As we fade back over to Mask, we see uh, Jock activating the rehydrator. It will be a pleasure to see this place again in a few months, eh, this part? I was just thinking the same thing. And I kind of was like, what? Is uh, Jock cutting in on Matt's girl here? You know? It kind of sounded like it, didn't it? <laughs> They were, uh, yeah, they were kind of, you know, flirt with each other almost here. I was like, wow, Matt, you better step in and Gloria's going to go out with Jacques here. Anyway, <laughs> Scott tells uh, T-Bob he's all weatherized again. T-Bob says he's not going back to that blizzard as they all laugh and we fade into the sunset this time, which I thought was a really nice shot at the end, even though the uh, laugh and the joke was not very good. Uh, And we fade up into our wonderful PSA at the end. Right, with Matt and Scott, and they are in Matt's study as Matt walks over and hands Scott a coin. What are you going to do with your allowance, Scott? I'm going to buy some firecrackers from Tommy. We're going to blow up some of his toy cars. Sounds like the inspiration for, like, the Toy Story neighborhood kid. (laughs) Right, yeah. Very good. Sid. Sid. Yeah, wanting to blow up stuff with his uh, <laughs> this firecracker, yeah. Matt sternly says, no, firecrackers are dangerous. Every year, many kids are hurt by playing with them. They should only be handled by experienced adults. <laughs> I'm trying to make that to sound, and he actually sounded almost like Shemp. You remember when he's reading <laughs> that book? He says, it should be uh, something, and he goes, adults. I wish we had an adult. <laughs> We wish we had an adult, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, what are you thinking? Any move, movement on your masco meter? Yeah, I did come back a little bit, Uh-oh. but uh, I I still landed at a 4.5 and rounded up. So, I, I gave it a 5. Basically, just the things that I said there before, the uh, outlaw going into the river twice, how did it get out of the first time there? Uh, they could have worked something out there or, you know, had Gory jump on the piranha bike or something, you know. But uh, you know, and the, the ending could have been better there with uh, T-Bob's joke or something. They could have made it, give him a better joke for going back to winter versus staying there, I think. But uh, overall, very impressed with the animation. Not all the shots work like we mentioned before the driving over the horizon, but there were definitely points where they were developing new shots and the the transitions were really great 
in and out of each scene and very inventive with the the blurry and focusing and just the uh, overall landscape I thought was really great. Uh, I think the story worked, but you know, I kind of wish they would have captured Mr. Sanchez there too. You know, they just kind of left him there. He's Jeep has been torn apart, but it'd been great to capture him somehow and have him, you know, arrested or whatever, just to kind of tie up the, the loose ends of the story there. But, uh, lots of, you know, mask use and battle, you know, that was really good. You know, like I said, we can get to halftime. Like, have they just blown their wad here? <laughs> Is there going to be a, another battle at the end or how are they going to end this thing? And I thought it was a good balance between the first and half. You get battles, you get good drama and you get some mask use in there. And that's what we, well, we can ask for, you know, in these episodes. So, uh, and Scott and Tebow, I thought they were used well, you know, they were, not too intrusive. And at the end, you know, that's Scott to a T he wants to help. He wants to be an agent. He wants to impress his dad almost. Right. And him going after the, the machine, I thought that worked. And just, uh, the way that, uh, they were cowering at, at mayhem there at that point, again, another kind of real trembling or real danger point that they put in there that I thought worked very well. Uh, the PSA didn't tie in, but they rarely ever do. It seems like anymore. Uh, well, didn't really I, I thought it was care for that, but loosely a tie in because he was earning, he earned his allowance from allowance and doing chores and yeah, yeah. okay, I can, I can kind of see where you're going with that. So loosely, but yeah, like I said, I I, I pulled it down a little bit just for those kind of uh, inconsistencies in there with the outlaw and mainly that animation like you said i noticed that right away too with the horizon i'm like oh the man this is not working <laughs> this could have been done a, a little bit different or something uh, put a little more time into it but overall great episode i agree i um second half was still good um i don't have much more to say you pretty well covered it um i did like the little intakes on t-bob with the sandblast towards the end how they part of the the the, the actual battle the cringing like you said with scott and t bob helped add to the drama there for just that moment mm-hmm. i still think the plot was good again a little far-fetched but i didn't ding it for that um as far as the dehydrator rehydrator yeah but yeah it was still a good episode something we haven't seen for quite a while and um the only thing i i i stayed at 4.5 mm-hmm. like you i i saw the disconnect with outlaws magically reappearing without any explanation. I mean, he doesn't just drive out of the freaking ocean um, <laughs> as far as I know, but it just, but again, that's a, that probably that cartoonism that kids won't really pick. Right. Up. Yeah. You don't, you don't get that when you're younger. You don't even right. notice that it's back all of a sudden magically out of the water, right. but still kind of, you know, I left, that's why I resided at 4.5. I couldn't go any lower. Nothing stood out to make it worse because it was just a great episode. The battle, the mask use, um, everything was just spot on. And we still get the comical racks getting ejected. So <laughs> it was just a good. And the, and the duo were not, like you said, they're not obnoxious. They were part of the actual episode mm-hmm. uh, with very little, if any, roll your eye moments, like you call it. So, yeah, I'm I'm satisfied 
with cool with this. I, I didn't like see the... much similarities. Um, I tried to tie it into a little bit of the battle scene, but I couldn't. What I remember, I still yeah. didn't see anything that really was quite. Similar. Yeah, nothing really tied into our script. Um, I just backing up a quick minute. I did like the Sanchez character just as a. You know, we've we've seen it a few times before. There was an episode in uh, was it Japan or China where a local business owner like hires. It was the one uh, I think where they had the earthquake machine. Yep, yep. Maybe that was Good Vibrations was the name of the episode. Anyway, I just re- remembered uh, a couple times where they had somebody hire Venom. They were just a hired gun for the episode and. Somebody else has the the main scheme, and they're just there to kind of fulfill the scheme. Uh, but it still works, and it's it was nice to have somebody uh, kind of stand up or be on the same level as Mayhem behind the scenes. So I did like that character, too, added in. Uh, let's go over to our poll. So we had seven votes, like we mentioned. Three for a five, three for a four. And one three, nothing below that. So I think we're pretty much in agreement here. This is a pretty great episode. And we had three comments. We've got Rene DeClure. He says, this episode has an interesting concept with the dehydrator and rehydrator machines. It was particularly greedy of Jose Sanchez to want all of the Acapulco tourist trade to himself. I noticed Matt initially turned down Gloria's invitation to join her for a holiday before she reported on the strange things that were happening. Near the end, uh, Jacques is flirting with Gloria. Clearly, he would have enjoyed a vacation with her much more than the disinterested Mr. Tracker. (laughs) Matt also thought that the trip to the desert would be harmless for Scott. Will he never learn? (laughs) Uh, Alex, on the other hand, would probably not have minded if the region had been a haven for reptiles, as he predicted. Of course, he being the zoologist uh, himself. And uh, Renee says, A nice surprise to see that Scott's allowance subplot actually paid off during the PSA. I give this one four stars. So I think you're right. I guess that did kind of tie in there with the allowance thing. and doing his chores so didn't even connect that point so that's just another one in the good column there for this episode then we got john t tragonis not a bad episode at all i like the fact that we got to see a pretty wicked battle sequence between mask and venom within the first 10 minutes of the episode the story seemed convincing it was a little strange seeing t-bob without hands or feet (laughs) my adult brain feels as though this was a contrived device by the writers, as I'm sure Scott could have found a few minutes prior to the trip to put T-Bob back to normal. So that was a tad annoying. And I don't know how Outlaw could have driven with no problem, or no trouble rather, or even water damage after the first fall from that right. cliff into the waters below. Again, the adult mind at work trying to rationalize, but aside from those little issues, I actually enjoyed creeping desert quite a bit yeah. that's the problem we're looking through adult eyes and not our 10 year old or whatever age we were in the 80s that's right and then we got uh anna who uh recently had a birthday happy birthday to you yeah, anna happy birthday this is a great episode with some really cool battle scenes the animation is also good 
I especially found the part where Mayhem and Jose were drawn from underneath excellent. I think that's where they're kind of squaring off nose to nose there. That was a nice shot. Also liked that the battle scenes contained a lot of humor. However, I found the animation where Mask were driving towards Venom and the dehydrator the first time a little strange. They were driving up and down several hillsides, but it looked a bit funny, which we recognized there. Still, I really enjoyed watching the episode. So, yeah, just a few ticks, you know, like we had uh, mentioned there from these reviews, and pretty much a good or even great episode uh, compared to what we've been watching yeah. lately. So, that leads us on to episode 59, which will be the last one in this season. And uh, we'll go back and do a wrap-up of uh, the last 10 episodes in our next mass cast, but or in the following mass cast. But uh, the next one will be episode 59, The Scarlet Empress. Mask member Calhoun Burns accidentally shrinks a priceless statue Venom is trying to steal. Then a curious bird makes off with the statue. So I guess we'll be uh, having to recover said statue and we'll be getting some uh, shrinking and unshrinking <laughs> moments yep. of the team uh, in the process so we'll see how this one plays out as we uh, complete this section of the series and we're getting closer to uh, fulfilling our destiny of <laughs> reviewing the series but yeah this was a kind of a breath of fresh air I think this episode I agree well that rounds it out for us. We want to thank you for taking part in our journey through the Mobile Armored Strike Command cartoon series. We are creeping up towards the racing series, as we call it. But uh, we want to please continue to participate with us on agentsofmass.com and or our, our social media outlets. Please leave comments for the mask cast, the mask episodes that we do. And we'll obviously read them on screen as, as we uh, go through the episodes. But until then, join us again next time on MassCast. MassCast. <laughs> That's it, kid! <laughs> <laughs>